Hello, and welcome back to the Candid Faith podcast. It has been a busy week for me. (laughs) The week after Thanksgiving is usually pretty crazy, um, even though this episode is going to air actually closer to Christmas than it will be Thanksgiving, Um, but that's fine. This is when I'm recording it, but actually in preparation for Christmas, I am making most gifts handmade. Um, I'm doing a lot of embroidery projects. I'm crocheting some baby blankets, which I'm super excited about. Um, yeah, so it's like easy to get overwhelmed with all the projects that I have on my radar, but I'm also super excited because, you know, crafting and projects and being creative is actually a outlet for, for, um, stress. So hallelujah. So today's episode is going to be very, very vulnerable on my part. And I do want to encourage you to check the trigger warnings in this episode, in the episode show notes, just because I don't want to, (laughs) I don't want to trigger anybody. Um, there's nothing bad or gross or anything like that, but you know, it's just depending on where you are mentally. Um, some of this, some of these topics, some of the conversation could be a little bit sensitive, just depending on where you are in life. Um, I'm super grateful that it's not sensitive to me anymore, that Jesus has full, has fully delivered me from everything we're going to talk about today. Not saying it's not, you know, not sometimes a struggle, not sometimes, or that I don't have to sometimes pray into things and rebuke thoughts and hold them up to the word of God. That's that's normal. That's a normal part of Christian living. But I can truly say that the Lord has delivered me and freed me from strongholds and trauma. And so I hope and pray that something in this episode today resonates with you. And I pray that um, this conversation will encourage you to start that conversation with the Lord, but also possibly start that conversation with someone that you trust, maybe a friend, maybe a therapist, um, maybe a parent, whoever that might be. Um, I'm going to give you lots of resources and lots of scripture that have helped me over the years. But before we get into that, welcome if this is your first episode um, on Candid Faith. We love to talk about real and relevant and sometimes difficult or um, not weird, definitely not weird topics, but just topics that sometimes are not addressed enough. Um, and I just hope to be that voice in your life that helps you understand the word, the word of God better, helps you understand who he created you, or I'm sorry, helps you understand who he created you to be and just how much he loves you, just loves you. (laughs) Like your picture is on his refrigerator. (laughs) I hope you come away from every episode knowing how loved and how seen and how worthy you are. And that's all I can hope for. Before we dive in, we all know the drill. Hosanna Revival is where it's at. If you need a Bible, if you need prayer journals, if you need devotionals, and you can get 10% off of your order with the code Shelby Lynn York. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see my Bible. You'll see how I annotate the Bible, how I study the word. I would not be able to decorate and personalize my Bible if I had any other Bible besides Hosanna. Um, I love them so much. I'm so grateful to work with them. And second of all, if you are a tea girly like I am, you will 
love Foley Tea Co. They have all organic teas. I have so many teas, like tea varieties shoved into my cabinet because they just keep coming out with like more amazing flavors and they have their holiday teas out right now. But if you don't love tea, but a friend or a family member does, you can get 15% off your order with code Shelby Lynn York. And both of those discount codes will be in the show description. If you're wanting to order those things for Christmas and you're listening to this particular episode, you might be a little late, but that's okay. <laughs> if you're, um, if you've listened to past episodes, you'll, you know, you've heard those discount codes before. Hopefully if you wanted those, you know, wanted something from, from Hosanna or from the Full Leaf Tea Co. for a Christmas gift, whether it's for yourself or for somebody else, hopefully you ordered that in time because um, I've, I've been in that position already. So <laughs> anyway, we're going to start with prayer as always. If you're in the car, please don't close your eyes. <laughs> but if you're not in a car, you can close your eyes if you feel led to. Father God, I thank you for your love and compassion and kindness. God, because it teaches us how to be compassionate toward ourselves and towards others as you've commanded us to do and to be. Lord, I just thank you for who you are, that we can trust everything that your word says about you, that you are not, that you're not fickle, that you're not wishy-washy, like some people can be in our lives, God, that you are not a God who leaves or abandons us, Lord, but you are a God who gives us stability and gives us confidence. You're a God, you're a heavenly father who will not turn away from his children. And that's just what, that's what we crave, Lord. We just crave your presence. And we thank you that it's enough. If you don't do a single thing for us ever again, everything you've already done is enough. And we just thank you for that, Lord. God, I pray that your wisdom would be un unleashed and unlocked in this episode Give me the words, give me your words, Holy Spirit, and not my own words. Bring forth memories and scripture and experiences of mine that are relevant to this episode. And God, I pray that whoever is listening to this, God, will, will hear your wisdom and will hear your encouragement, Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for your wisdom and that you so freely want to bless us with it. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess I should really start this episode by saying I am not a doctor or a professional. Everything I'm going to share with you, even my personal experiences to any anything that might sound like advice, all of that is just from my experience and what has helped me. Our experiences are not going to be exactly the same. What will help us recover and move forward is not going to be the same, but the one thing that will be the same is Jesus and the same God that helped me out of a very toxic situation and a very dangerous situation is the same God that will do the same for you. That is the only commonality between our stories. And maybe you do and will um, connect with some things that I say, and I hope that that's true. Um, if not, I just hope that you get something like a little nugget of wisdom out of this episode. But I want to start just by saying that 
the word of God has so much to say about our physical bodies. And if you have grown up with religion and not relationship, that might sound very, um, very strange. Or if you're just like, if you just don't know about the topic of body image and someone has told you in your life that, you know, Christians are hateful and they're rude and they want to control your body. That is not biblical at all. And I have so much scripture to back it up with and my own testimony to offer, um, to offer hope and wisdom and truth. So just jumping right into it, I did not know that I had an eating disorder in college. It actually, now that I am on the other side of it, I I recognize when it started and not to blame anybody, <laughs> but my mom's generation was very, like the women in that generation were very obsessed with being thin. I mean, we've see we see that in like our culture as it's like like in our pop culture as it's um evolved over the years whether it's like from Britney Spears to Hillary Duff to Beyonce to Tyra Banks like they it's just like our culture at the time like in the 90s, early 2000s it was all about, you know, that certain look and not that our culture today does not have a certain look and that, you know, that weight, um, that society doesn't push a, an agenda on women's bodies because, or men's, because that's, it's still prevalent today. But just like at that time in my life, the women in my family, the older women were very like focused on being skinny, having like 0% body fat and, um, Weight Watchers was like a fun game to them. And this isn't to bash anyone who, you know, has done Weight Watchers and it's worked for them. That's great. This is just my story. Um, So I grew up a lot with, you know, um, women talking about eating low carb or I can't have that because it has too much sugar. I can't have potatoes because there's too many carbs. I only need meat and vegetables and I can't even have fruit because it's too high in sugar. And so I started like collecting this narrative about food and about my body at a very, very young age. And before I knew it, I was in high school and I wasn't necessarily dieting, <laughs> but I I was looking for extreme ways to lose weight, whether that was, you know, not eating dinner or not eating breakfast, intermittent fasting, even if I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. And working out without eating before or after, like I was just really, I was doing a lot of damage to my body while thinking that that was the thing I needed to do to be pretty. And so because most of the women in my family and honestly, my, my dad was, um, he loved working out. And so he got me into running, but without him knowing and seeing the habits or my, you know, without actually knowing what was going on in my mind, and these habits that I was developing and this these thought process, the thought process that I had about food or the perspective I had on food and the relationship I was developing, I was running several miles a day 
and he had no idea that I like hadn't eaten and I wasn't hydrating and I was already working out at my mom's and it just was one thing after another but I had no idea and neither did anybody else that all of these things were going to compound in the future and cause real internal damage, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually. By the time I was maybe a sophomore in high school, um, again, I had no idea that there was a name for all of this, but I I developed um, binge eating disorder because of the yo-yo dieting I was putting myself through. And I just thought that was very normal that, you know, it was normal to be starving and then binge and then starve myself and binge. And I just thought that's just my eating patterns. That just is how I operate. And it's so, you know, it's normal to feel like absolute crap after I eat, but then it's also normal to feel like absolute crap if I don't eat and nobody knew this was going on and I myself didn't see a problem because I wasn't really taught any better. By the time I was living on my own in college, um, I started to feel the weight of this disorder and I hadn't yet been diagnosed with it, but I started to feel the burden of it because I would stop going out with friends if I knew they were going out to eat because I didn't want to put myself in the path of food that I had deemed bad. And I would, gosh, like I remember being in my apartment and I re, I was eating something again that I just like deemed bad. I don't even remember what it was, but I was like eating a quote bad food and it was like eight or nine o'clock at night. And after I, after I ate this, you know, quote bad food, I just felt guilty. Like I shouldn't have had that. That's like, strictly against my diet, whatever diet I was doing. And so I got, it's like pitch black outside and I'm very young at the time. Like I'm probably like 20 or 21 years old. And I just like get up, get my running clothes on. And I go on a run to punish myself in the middle of the night by myself in like this college town where I was living. And (laughs) Like just remembering that, that's just like one of the, like one of the bigger memories that I have um, that reminds me of how deep I was into this disorder and just how deep um, these beliefs were, were rooted in my mind and in my heart and in my life. The crazy thing was I never actually gained awareness that I had an eating disorder. I never went to the doctor. I never said like, hey, you know, I never told somebody like, hey, I think this is going on and I need help. I think what happened was I was, it was like social media awareness. Like there were videos, um, you know, TikTok if you're on a certain side of TikTok, um, you know, you can be on like the health and fitness side, the dietitian side, the nutritionist side, like, you know, that kind of thing. And I think those videos were coming up more and more on my feed. And so just like over time, I was watching these videos of people saying like, if you do this and this, 
then you have an eating disorder. Or if you do this and this, then like you are not um, nourishing your body the way you should. And it was just like a little bit of information um, over time started giving me like clues as to like what I was doing, like telling me that what I was doing was not the right thing. And it was like an unraveling of my belief system and my relationship with food. Like it was just, it wasn't all at once. Like, oh my gosh, I have, I have an eating disorder and it's been a long time that I've been operating under this and now I need help period. And then I go get help and then I'm fine. It was like slowly over time, I started to realize like, um, okay, I don't think this habit is actually like serving me anymore. And I don't think this mindset is serving me anymore. And it's actually funny because over the past month or so on Facebook, there are photos, you know, like when you get Facebook memories, there's photos of like, here, like, hey, here's you three or four years ago. Um, you know, when I was living in my apartment in a different apartment with my husband, um, I was like the skinniest I think I'd ever been. And I was like working out five or six days a week with like high intensity cardio. Um, I was walking at home. I was doing weight. Like I was going to the gym. Like I was really fit and skinny, but I hated myself so much. Like I just showed my husband a picture, um, like what came up today on my Facebook memories. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, look at my arms, look at my legs. I almost had a thigh gap. What the heck? Like, but back then I thought I was so ugly and I thought I was so fat. And it's literally, and that, you know, that kind of comes, like I was saying, like that kind of comes with the the social media awareness where people started actively talking more about body dysmorphia and eating disorders and just how American culture, it doesn't really teach us like portion control and all that stuff. And so it was just like a gradual awareness of like, I don't think I've been doing things the right way for several years of my life, probably like over half my life. I have not known or been taught how to properly take care of my specific body. And in fact, I've been doing it pretty horribly on top of everything else. (laughs) So it's just crazy now to look at picture, like older pictures of myself and just be like, dang, like I wish I could get back to there. But I mentally and physically was not healthy because even though I was like, quote, skinny, like my, I still am working out the hormone imbalances that my eating disorder caused. And that's really, that's a really, really hard reality. And it's easy to be like, dang, I wish somebody had been mature enough to notice. Like I wish an adult in my life had noticed um, that maybe something wasn't quite right in my life at the time. And Or, you know, just hindsight, I guess, just wishing, like, I can wish and hope, or not hope, I can wish and, you know, think about how I wish things were different. But at the end of the day, everything that I've gone through um, makes me more passionate about helping the next generation, like the younger generation, um, when it comes to body image and avoiding eating disorders and avoiding body dysmorphia, because I can catch it. Like I had a... Um, a junior 
come up to me the other day and tell me how she's like not eating as much anymore and she wants to lose weight, but she also wants to work out. And I was just like on it immediately. And I got very emotional after the conversation, but I was very, um, very, I felt very, very led to just encourage her and let her know that, Hey, um, not eating at all. Plus working out is not going to help you lose weight. You're actually you, like, that is actually you headed down a road that can make you sick and can do damage to your body. Um, so I'm grateful for what I've gone through so that I can help other people, but it, it, it is discouraging sometimes to think like, dang, I wish people in my life at the time who said that they loved me maybe could have caught on to what I was putting myself through, but that's not anyone's responsibility. Um, and I am where I am today because of how things worked out. So fast forward to two years ago, um, 2020, I believe, um, I was fully aware that I was struggling with a binge eating disorder. And so I reached out to a girl online, um, a nutritionist. I think that was like her official title. She was a nutritionist and, um, I reached out to her, um, got on her calendar to have like a meetup virtually because of COVID. And our first meeting together, like our first Zoom call was fantastic. I knew I wanted to work with her. And so that launched us into this like virtual relationship where once a week or twice a month, actually, twice a month, I would um, meet with her virtually and she would kind of give me like homework. So like, Okay, this is where it starts getting a little vulnerable if I haven't already been vulnerable enough. So one of the foods that I had deemed bad were bananas. I was like avidly a banana hater. (laughs) I was a banana hater because of carbs. Like I was just, you know, like I said, I was taught too many carbs, period, are bad no matter where they come from. So one of the... um, one of my homework assignments from my nutritionist was to start eating bananas. That was like the first day that I met her was like, you, you have to get over this fear of bananas. (laughs) You have to, like she was teaching me, um, you know, the difference between complex carbs and refined carbs and just kind of teaching me like the basics of nutrition. And one of the most helpful things that she encouraged me to do was to keep a food journal, but a new, more a nutrition journal. So instead of writing down like what I ate that day, it was the micronutrients of what I ate that day. So, you know, banana has, you know, everyone knows bananas are rich in potassium. And so I would, every time I had something that was high in a macro and a micronutrient, I would write down that, Hey, like today I had lots of vitamin C I had lots of vitamin D and um, potassium and calcium and iron and things like that. And that helped me see food as what it was intended for. And that was to fuel and steward our bodies. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And I really took that verse to heart once I started to understand what the purpose of food was 
And now, like, it's not only, you know, for, I don't know how to say this, like, food is fuel and food is a tool, just like money is a tool, just like our car is a tool, a tool for us to do what we need to do. And yes, I still, I learned, I relearned how to enjoy food, but I also learned kind of for the first time that food is a gateway to health, to mental health, especially, um, to physical health, to emotional well-being. And I really took that verse to heart, um, especially when it says you are not your own, you were bought for a price. Like that hit me really, really hard because Jesus did not die for me or for you so that we could live in bondage to an eating disorder so that we could live in bondage to lies and deception so that we could fear bananas like that's not what he died for at all like (laughs) it's funny but like I'm crying at the same time (laughs) but isn't it so easy to forget like when I'm looking into the mirror and I'm letting my eyes linger on every single flaw that I see, I am not thinking about the fact that my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. Like that alone is an affirmation that we should all repeat daily that my body is a temple for the Holy Spirit. And even though it's not natural to see ourselves in that light, And it's not second nature to see ourselves as a temple. It's the truth. And we have to start replacing. Actually, we have to first start identifying the lies that we've been told about body image and what our body should look like. Because we were not made. The only image we were made in is God's image. And I'm going to get into what that is and what that looks like. But we were not meant to be carbon copies of other people. We are copies of our creator who, by the way, would not only never say the horrible things that we often say about ourselves to himself, but he would never say those things that we say about ourselves to us. He would never say that we're fat or ugly or unworthy or that our cellulite is embarrassing or that our tummy jiggles and like, we don't do enough, we don't do enough abs or we don't work out enough. Or like if we just kind of think about that alone and start thinking, like take every thought captive as the word tells us to and ask yourself when you call yourself something or when you start to critique yourself physically, really in any way, when you start critiquing yourself, ask yourself, would God say this about me? And is this true? And who said this about me? And why do I believe it? Because more than likely, the lies that we believe, we have actually been reinforcing. So like if one person said that, like, or if one person commented on your weight one time, you have held on to that as truth. And you have been looking for validation that that is correct for a long time. So like I, when I was younger, I had a lot of kids comment on my weight and so I just always thought that was true I always thought that what they said about me was reality and it couldn't possibly have been because they just don't like me or because they're insecure about themselves or because 
they're just snotty, (laughs) bratty kids. Like I took that very seriously, like their insults very seriously. And we don't realize like how much we carry from what other people have spoken over us, but there is freedom from that. Like we are able to overcome by the blood of Jesus when we start to acknowledge and uncover the lies that we have continuously believed and have been telling ourselves are true over the years and be like, God, here's what your truth says about me. And I know that this thing, what was said about me, whether it was me that said that or a family member or a friend or some stranger said this about me, what they said is not true and I no longer agree with it and I'm not coming into agreement with it any longer. Lord, I choose to believe your truth about me. And the really cool thing is that because our body is a divine gift, a temple, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, we are able to make exercise an act of worship. We are able to glorify God in the way we eat and find so many other ways to honor God with our bodies. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When I was, okay, like obviously a disclaimer, no one, no one has zero insecurities, but at the height of when I had the most insecurities, they, like our insecurities have a way of keeping us stuck and very, very isolated. Like I said, I would not go out with friends if I thought I was going to be tempted with like bad food. When I was, when I thought I was overweight, I was very, very desperate to not bring attention to myself because I did not want people to notice I was fat. I would wear like the ugliest outfits as long as it covered most of my body. And that sounds, you know, kind of crazy, but that was my reality back then. I did not want to draw attention to myself in a negative light. So I just completely skip out on activities. Um, Even with my family, like there were times where I just like wouldn't go to dinner with my family, even if it was at my family's house because I knew grandma would make dessert and I didn't, I just knew I didn't have any willpower to say no to grandma's dessert. So I just wouldn't go and I would stay in my very, very safe comfort zone and I wouldn't challenge myself to get better or allow myself to struggle in the areas that I really excelled in just because I wanted to stay invisible. But the Lord did not create us to be mediocre or invisible. He created us to do good works and carrying those good works out takes some confidence. It takes getting out of our comfort zone and we have to be willing to do what needs to be done, like the work, like the internal work. And we have to be willing to own the strengths and weaknesses that we have And like live a little, you know, (laughs) because each of us were created with a purpose on purpose. Here's something I love. Um, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 9 about disciplining his body, not, not because it's a bad thing that needs to be punished, but because it's a useful thing that needs to be stewarded and trained So we should, as Christians, and because we're Christians, be concerned with our health and not in like an obsessive, 
worldly driven way, not in a way that makes health the ultimate idol or skinniness the ultimate idol. Um, remember we, you know, I think it was like episode four or five, we talked about burning your idols. For me back then, fitness and being skinny was an idol. If anyone got in my way, if anything got in my way, I would be done with it because my only goal in life was to be pretty and skinny. And I can't tell you like how sad it makes me to think about how many years I spent putting energy toward a goal that I no longer care about. I do not care about being skinny. What I want to be is healthy. What I want to be is a good steward of my physical body so that I can do the good works that the Lord has set before me. I want to be healthy for my husband, for my future kids. I want my hormones to be balanced. I want my mind to be right. Like, I don't care about the goal that I was working toward for years and years of my life. I don't care about it anymore, and I do not think about it. And that really, really is sad, and it sucks. Because I'm 20, almost 28 now, and I had been focused on just just being skinny since I was like a freshman in college, like almost 10 years ago. And I only just started getting my body right and moving away toward disordered eating within the past three or four years. We cannot make certain aspects of our health an idol, but we have to look at it with the right perspective and the right ha- uh, heart posture because we we should just simply want to care for our bodies well so that we can be used to serve God to the absolute full. Paul um, in Romans, he he says to offer our bodies as a sacrifice to God, to be a living sacrifice to him. And when I was going through disordered eating, body dysmorphia, all that like negative self-talk, I was not honoring God with my body in the slightest. It probably made him really, really sad <laughs> to hear the way that I was talking about myself and to be chasing after worldly fickle goals that just don't matter in the grand scheme of things. To be a living sacrifice means that we need to look after our bodies along the way, like through every season of our life. And that means understanding what our bodies need in the different seasons of our life. So whether you are in college or you're a new mom or you like you're moving into a new job or you have new fitness goals that are more focused on just feeling your best. Like you can look your best and feel your best and it not be an idol. Like I'm not saying health and fitness are the are the issue, are the problem, because it's not. It's how we look at it. So the Bible has a lot to say about what we eat and how we eat. And at times it's when, you know, it's like when it's appropriate not to eat and who we should eat with and sometimes even who we should not eat with. The Bible has a lot to say about our physical training and our discipline. The care that we take of our bodies in terms of what we feed our bodies and how we physically train our bodies, these are not unspiritual things. Like these are not inherently bad things. These are actually things that we should be interested in as God's people. We like Christians have more of a reason to steward our physical health because someone who doesn't believe in God doesn't 
believe that their physical bodies are a gift from God. But what do we do when we've been given a gift? We like we take care of it and we want to honor it and we appreciate it. And I think if we started looking at our bodies like the gift that they are, then we like it just becomes easier to love them and it becomes easier to look at them as a temple for the Holy Spirit. And then in turn, it encourages us to learn how to best take care of ourselves in the season of life that we're in. The fact that God has made us physical, like has given us a physical body, means that attending to our physical life is not unspiritual. Jesus had a physical body. Like he walked with us on earth and our bodies are not bad. Our bodies are not broken or unspiritual or whatever name we want to associate with our physical bodies. Paul talks about in Ephesians 5 how we're not meant to hate our bodies. We are not meant to hate our bodies, but we are encouraged to look after them and to feed them. He says in his letter to Timothy that physical training is of some value and he says that godliness is of of value for all things. And to to assume that our bodies have very little spiritual relevance is completely against what the Bible teaches us about creation. The physical world did not find its own way into existence and then God happened to come along and try to extract something spiritual from it. That's no. <laughs> That's not how that happened. God made the world and he made our bodies. Not only did God make us and and create us, but he made us with enormous care. And how could, like, how can we expect less from God? God knows us. The um, Psalm 139, 14 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we could just like rest and meditate on that truth alone, just thinking about how much care, like there's 8 billion people on the planet and how much care went into each of us. Like, I just, I don't even have words to, to form when I think about that. Like, I just, I'm in complete awe of him when I think about that fact. And it makes me, again, it's like, it's convicting. Because it's like, wow, God, the God of the universe, my heavenly father, I am made in his image. And yet I treat myself like crap. And yet I talk to myself like I am nothing. And that should be so convicting for each of us if we are struggling in this area. And going back to 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your body is a temple from the Holy Spirit? You are not your own. You were bought for a price. Our bodies no longer belong to us if we are Christians. And that is not bad news. That to me is a breath of fresh air. Because if I continue to do things my way, I'm just going to keep messing things up. And I'm just going to keep spiraling into disease and bad habits and negative thinking that like that truth that we do not belong to ourselves should be liberating because we are now in the hands of our heavenly father who is perfect love and who created us in perfect love our bodies are not our personal playground and they shouldn't be looked at that way um, our bodies belong to Jesus. He purchased it with his blood and he bought it for himself. And that's how much it matters. It's not about, 
it is about ownership. I want to be, I am proud to say that I belong to Jesus. But there is also like a caveat to that or an addition to that that says like you are worth so much more than what the world says you're worth and how and like you're worth so much more than how much you believe you're worth. Jesus died for you. That's how much you matter. And the same is true for our bodies and given given the glory of the one to whom we belong to. We should want to be so responsible with our physical bodies because not only are they a gift, but they are worthy of a blood sacrifice, of a sacrifice from Jesus who is perfect in all ways, dying for us so that we could live in freedom and in relationship with God who created us in the beginning. Another convicting scripture is Romans 6.13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of um, for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to, to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. We are to present our bodies to God. Paul says that they can be instruments, like our bodies can be instruments of righteousness And for years and years of my life, (laughs) my body was not being used for righteousness at all. So not only is our body not a negative thing in Paul's eyes, but it's a complete positive. It's not given to us just so that we can make, you know, make do with it, do whatever we want, damage it. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. I'll heal from it. I'll never get that disease. I'll never get that STD. I'll never... I'll never struggle with an eating disorder. Nobody is too good. No one is good enough to not be a victim or subject to any of the things I just listed. And having that it'll never happen to me mindset is so dangerous. Our bodies are going to have a number of imperfections and limitations. And some of us might not be very mobile or very strong. Some of us might be really small or really tall, but all of us can and should consecrate our bodies to God for his service. And every single body is useful to Christ. Every single body matters. And I hope that at least that might resonate with you, that every single body, including yours listening right now, is useful to Christ. I want to encourage you with a book that I read a couple years ago called Breaking Free from Body Shame, Dare to Reclaim What God Has Named Good. I love this book so much. Um, One of the quotes from chapter three says, the God who is full of mercy towards you was absolutely there when you were misnamed. He was broken over the burden being placed on you. And he was already setting a plan into motion so that this wound would be healed and could be used in your life for good, for the good of others and for his glory. And that was like so freeing to me. And it gave me so much hope that even on my really, really hard days, I could overcome. And eventually the good days would outweigh and outnumber the bad days. And I wanted to just give you a little insight of like what my life looks like now. 
and how I choose to steward my body now that you've heard a little bit of how I used to be and kind of all the the junk that I was carrying around in the past. Um, As of today, like part of it, you know, part of it was me, you know, me saying earlier that I can look at old pictures of myself and and just recognize that I might have looked okay on the outside, but inside I was damaged. I felt damaged. I felt worthless and I just could never do enough good. I was struggling to say even one nice thing about myself. And even though my body looks very different today, I truly believe every good thing that the Lord says about me and have adopted the word of God as my own thoughts, as my own beliefs about myself. Like I am who God says I am. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I know enough scripture, like I've written enough scripture on my heart to combat any negative thinking that might come and recognize when, hey, like I'm having kind of a bad mental health day. And normally when that happens, I start to attack myself and I just have like a little battle plan, whether it's with prayer, whether it's, you know, getting outside, getting fresh air, removing myself from a stressful situation, whatever it is. Um, I just have so much more understanding of how I operate and what might trigger me. Um, but I also have such a strong relationship with God now that I just feel like I can go to him and not feel ashamed of how I feel about myself. But I also have that like heartbreaking feeling of like when I am mean to myself, I'm actually insulting God's creation. And, and that is, that's heartbreaking to me. And it might be really, really hard. Like you might be in a place right now and you just can't imagine looking at yourself like a beautiful, fearfully and wonderfully made creation image of God, like whatever it is. Um, you might be in a place that will, is really hard to believe that, but what used to help me was just holding on and kind of what still helps me is just holding on to one truth and repeating it to myself until I freaking believe it. It could be one scripture. It can just be Psalm 139. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, say it to yourself day in and day out under like research what fearfully means. Like what's the definition of fearfully? What's the definition of wonderfully? So you really break it down and understand and then like go and do a Bible study on Psalm 139 and start to really uproot the lies that you've been telling yourself that other people have told you that you've been holding on to uproot those lies and replace them like like you're pulling out a dead flower and in that hole you're replacing it with a fresh one with a live one and a healthy one and that would be the word of God so you're ripping out lies and replacing it with the truth from God I'm able to exercise enjoy sweet treats, enjoy foods of all kinds without feeling shame or guilt over those things. Um, I've chosen to exercise and take care of my body in a way that brings me joy, not because I feel like I have to do what everyone else is doing um, or eat what everyone else is doing or eating. I do things in a way that bring me joy. I go to dance classes. I eat food that 
actually tastes good and it's not just dry chicken and rice because (laughs) that's what I was told I need to eat to lose weight. (laughs) So stupid. Um, Yeah, I focus on what brings me joy. And when I focus on things that I eat or ways that I take care of my body um, that bring me joy, it's so much easier to praise God in those moments. Like I talked about in the past couple episodes, honestly, about like a moment that I had at a workout class, but that I frequently like talk to God while I work out. And I thank him for my food. I thank him for my body. I thank him for how far I've come and how far he's brought me. And I just want to encourage you that you can pray into your future. If you're like, you know, I'm telling you that I I thank God for how far he's brought me and like that I'm over that season of my life and that he's freed me from chains and burdens and heavy yoke. You can pray right now and say, God, I thank you that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. I thank you that your promises apply to me. God, I thank you that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Lord, I know you are going to do that for me and in my life. Even if I stumble, even if I forget, even if I struggle to believe, God, I just know you're going to do it. And the Bible says that even if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move our mountains. And I just want to leave you with um, the verses 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. Your body, I'm sorry, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. If you are on this journey of healing from disordered eating or negative self-talk, or you just want to like learn how to better steward your body and learn more truth about who you are in the kingdom, start with your inner beauty because no matter how beautiful you look on the outside, if you're a crappy person and you treat people like they're garbage and they're beneath you, it doesn't matter how beautiful you are on the outside. A gentle beauty and quiet spirit is of great worth to God. That is unfading beauty. That verse is also about redefining beauty in our minds because every culture has its own definitions and it's constantly changing. And I think that's like one thing I would like love people <laughs> to hold on to as well is just like the the way that our culture is defining beauty at the moment. Like if you're chasing the like the beauty standards of our culture, they are constantly changing. Just like I said at the beginning of, of the episode, the way that beauty was defined when I was younger is so freaking different than it is now. But God's definition of beauty, a gentle and quiet spirit, is unchanging. God is our firm foundation. God's word never changes. Nothing about height or weight or dress size or anything else about your outward appearance matters to God, but it's how we steward our bodies and our perspective and our heart posture 
because Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So worship God with your exercise. Worship him with your nutrition plans, with your fitness goals. You can have all those things, but do not make them an idol of your life. Do not put them above what God says is important or what God says about you. At the end of the day, the Bible does not direct us toward a life of deception. It's a life like Jesus leads us into a life of joy, peace, and satisfaction in every area of our life. And I encourage you to pray whatever fitness goals, whatever health goals you have, surrender those to God and let like share those intimate details of your desires and what you think about to the God who created you in the first place and listen for his response. Maybe he's going to tell you that that's leading you down an unhealthy path. Maybe he's going to tell you like, hey, this is kind of turning into an idol and I need you to, to come back and focus on me because I am never going to lead you down a path of darkness or down the path of death, but always to the path of life. And I honestly could go on and on, like down so many avenues with this topic. And, you know, I've said it before, I, you know, you can listen to hundreds of podcast episodes or read hundreds of books on the same topic, but we all have different experiences and different um, perspectives and things that helped us, you know, helped us through kind of the same situation, but it all ends up different. But, you know, all we can hope and all I hope is that you run back or to Jesus for the first time. (laughs) Just always make him first, like no matter what you're moving into in your life, just make him first. And sometimes that can, that can just look like cluing him in to like what is going on in your mind like if I find myself like if I find that I'm like slipping again or if I'm you know I have like a couple days where I'm talking really negatively about myself I'm like god what the heck is going on I have not done this in a long time what triggered me you know just let him know what what's going on in your mind because he loves you and he wants relationship with you and we can't have a relationship with someone if we don't talk to them Like that's just, you know, duh. (laughs) But I hope this episode blessed you. I hope that you got at least a couple nuggets of wisdom and that you are inspired or encouraged to pray over maybe something that this episode brought up in your mind and just take it to God because he's worthy to be trusted and yeah, and he loves you and you're worthy and you're seen And everything you're going through is completely valid, but you don't have to do it alone. So thank you for listening to this episode. I release episodes every Friday, but I think this episode might be like the second to last episode of season six. So I'll be taking another break, just probably a short one, just to kind of, you know, refresh myself and refresh my topics and everything. So if you could please and thank you leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would appreciate that so much. And if you're listening to this episode and you found value in it, I just um, would encourage you to share it on social media so that other people can find it, listen to it, be blessed by it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you in advance. And I hope you guys have an amazing weekend and I will chat with you next weekend.